Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome in. This is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, you can call David at Versant, 459-8565. And welcome into Monday. Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton, our guest to kick off the work week. How are you, sir? Well, I'm good. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, you got- uh, all the radio listeners out there. Got your coffee? You're I all do. Uh, yes, you're all and set thank up. you for having that ready to go as I come sliding in the door. Yeah, right? well, you know, I was worried about, you know, that jet lag if you're still trying to catch up uh, because you you just came back from my second favorite state in the union. You were down there in Texas. Yeah, down in Texas. And uh, you, you told me that you had a chance. It was a quick trip. It's a yeah. turnaround trip and it was a business trip, but some barbecue involved, right? There was barbecue. How could you go to Texas? You had one job. Well, I had two jobs. We, one was to meet with uh, Mayorkas, and the other one was to have some barbecue. That's right. Really, it was really good. Now, what did you? What do you go with? Because barbecue in Texas, there, there's there's a lot of options at the real barbecue joints. I know. For people like me, it's like, can I have some barbecue? What option <laughs> would you like? Uh, decisions. Anyway, I went with the uh, brisket on a on a bun, and then I had a. You had to go walk a different place to get your barbecue sauce. Wow. Okay. Uh, then that decisions again. I'm hungry. Just give me, give me, give me, give me that. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, the brisket sandwich. The chopped brisket sandwich is, yep, is one of my. Was, and don't go some... there when you're really hungry. Go there when you're kind of hungry. So by the time you get done making all those decisions, that you have just what you want. That's Otherwise, right. Otherwise, you get what you can get when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the 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 chopped brisket sandwich and uh, banana pudding was a go-to lunch when I was down there in Texas. Really? That's I didn't a, get the banana pudding. Well, now you got something for yeah, next time, right? right? I I don't know if it's necessarily the healthy lunch option, but well, true, true, but. It was good. It's good. And, and you were down, but as we said, you were down in Texas for uh, a, a work trip. I guess, can you explain to folks what the purpose of that trip was? I know it wasn't just a trip for the barbecue. Correct. Yeah. Although some people probably do. <laughs> so right now I'm the vice president of the Western State Sheriff's Association, which com- is comprised of 17 states west of the Mississippi. So every state that is uh west belongs to this organization so the executive board which i'm on represents all those states and we have uh, different meetings talking about what their needs are and right now there's a huge huge issue with the southern border and that is the the covid 19 has restricted border patrol from being able to do their job they're restricted they can't go out and do a lot of things uh, meet people uh, just a lot of restrictions. So the county sheriffs are and their deputies are going out and doing jobs that are the federal government about immigration and things like that. There's been a policy change. Now, when I say a policy change, I'm not trying to make this uh, political. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this common sense. Here's here's what we can do to fix this. And that's uh, the president Fred, uh, Sheriff Lamphere, and our executive director, Jim Pond, and I, and probably six, or excuse me, five other border sheriffs showed up and explained what they were having to do and how they were overwhelmed. And some of them are just overwhelmed buying diapers and milk. Uh, the humanitarian issues are huge. Some of the sheriffs prior to this, this switch in uh, policy about opening up the borders had worked with 
the federal government, had worked with the National Guard, had worked with many different agencies, Border Patrol, and they saw a decrease in violent crime. And whether you like the border wall or not, it did cause in uh, around Yuma, it did cause a 65% decrease in violent crime. Now that's climbing back up just because of the, the cartels. The cartels mm-hmm. are going wild. And when I say going wild, there's nothing restricting them other than sheriff's deputies. So every day they put on their vest and they go to war. Uh, the Mexican cartels are uh, fierce and they have an open open invitation now. So what the some of the suggestions that the sheriffs had were, can we please, can we please do DNA testing on these young children? Because what's happening is the cartels are using them as a uh, commodity. So they'll kidnap children and they'll sell them to a couple so they can get across. Mm. I, I know they're trying to, the, the, uh, the Mexicans are trying to realize the American dream. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. I understand that. But our, our services are being overwhelmed. All of the, the medical, all of the things that the regular citizens are depending on are being overwhelmed. There's nothing left. So the, the deputies have compassion and the children come in and the cartels come and get them because they are a renewable uh, commodity. They'll come back, bring them back, they'll sneak them across the border again and sell them to the next person. So they picked up on that. They've been doing that for a while. Uh, The cartels are doing a lot of other things. They're basically making slavery. I mean, there's... uh, Yes, I guess that's kind of a new form of human trafficking, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is, and it's going on. It's a true thing. It's not made up. And the the amount of methamphetamine that is coming across it's it's not a little bit it's a lot and fentanyl now there's some fake uh, pills uh, analgesic pills that have fentanyl rubbed in on them and they're being marketed Uh, it's it's quite a quite a scheme when you get to looking at it now we didn't expect uh, uh, secretary mayorkas to make decisions right then Mm, he's got a boss he's got a report to but at least he came at least he showed up at least he had the courage to listen to they weren't just complaints they were they were suggestions you know anybody can make a suggestion and you have to decide is it something that your administration wants to do it does it have value is it uh is it plausible is it possible and i hope that he does that i hope he goes back yeah so there was a there was it wasn't just a fact finding and, and you know you weren't just touring no you know there, there was a conversation there with the homeland security secretary and i mean it sounds like at least he heard what you yes. and, and these other sheriffs were saying he whether there's yeah. follow-through i guess right. is yeah we'll see on the follow-through so it, the mission of that trip was to meet with mayorkas that was the mission. Everything else, the barbecue was a, was a plus. Right. But we went there with that purpose in mind. We, ha- we met at the El Paso Training Center. They have a regional training center there. And they sat us quite a, quite a distance apart. But eventually we sat a little closer. Because you, you just can't hear. He was comfortable. He was very polite, very professional. And he's got quite a, a dossier of experience. So he is 
intellectually capable, completely capable mm. of doing the job. We're one of many things that comes along. But right now, the border crisis is something that can rise up and bite them in the bottom. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, it, it sounds like th- 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 there's so many issues, and those issues would be there maybe at anyway but it just exasperates everything that yeah these sheriffs are having to deal with a lot more that typically is is handled by border patrol and and, and right. homeland security N- now all of a sudden what they're normally having to do it's i don't know doubled yeah you know tripled whatever doubled. it is and then uh uh the sheriff in Daniels, sheriff Daniels in cochise county in uh arizona he, there, the the cartels are so bold that they called and said, "Hey, look! Um, apparently, they had arrested one of the cartel people, so they were coming across. They put a hit out on any deputy. Didn't matter any deputy, so they had to be on high alert. They even they even told them that the person that's going to come across and kill you, this is the person they're going to kill you, and gave them opportunity to do background." on who they the name they gave and sure enough he's an enforcer for the cartel he's killed multiple people then they just haven't caught him so they went on high alert trying to catch him he'd slipped over the border into united states uh, they they got a, a line on him but they couldn't catch him and he'd back across the border so it's that kind of brazen attitude mm-hmm. that these cartels are operating on now you're thinking, well, why does someone, why does a sheriff from Lewis and Clark County go all the way to Montana? Right. Why to Texas? Well, the the trafficking, the human trafficking, those come right up I-15. The, the methamphetamine comes into our community. The fentanyl, it's here. The cartels are here. They've been here. It's no surprise. They're, they're organized and they're ruthless. They're mean. Uh, there's others that we deal with, but these seem to have kind of a somewhat of a free reign right now. I mean, the the sheriff's office, not that the Border Patrol likes them. Border Patrol is doing everything they can. They're a great organization. It's just right now they're restricted, and we need those restrictions lifted. We need help from the National Guard down on the border. That is a federal issue. Uh, the people that are running out and dying in the uh, desert and there are people that are drowning uh, sheriff leon wilmot had a gal come in and clearly they don't speak very good english but they're prepared for that on the border uh, he said in the week prior to when i was there uh, last week they had 17 rapes reported over mm. one uh, one bunch that were trying to get over these these people is calling uh, coyotes uh I use the word coyote, but so I'll say coyote. Uh, they they're ruthless and they're inhumane. If people think that oh they're being separated, you know, children are being separated from their parents, well, their parents are probably being detained, and uh, the sheriffs are not equipped. They're doing the best they can with families, all of those kind of things to say okay, we need you came in ill you you came in illegally, you need to go back and they need to be taken back. The, the crooks uh, that are coming through are, are just merciless to these people. And there are some great, great people that are coming over for the American dream. They have, there are some that I know that have, have made it through and they, 
They just don't get to do in Mexico what you can do here to st- to stand up and say, you know, I don't believe that the government's doing the right thing. You can't do that in Mexico. Right. Uh, not for very long. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things where we need to work with that because it does have an impact to my, your detention center, your jail. Yeah, people may, yep. it, it's hard for people maybe just to intellectually kind of combine those of what's happening. You know, I, I've driven a lot of times to Texas. It takes more than 24 hours to get to the border driving straight through. Yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's a long ways away, but yep. what's happening in Texas impact, this is not a mom and pop, the, uh, no. the cartels. I mean, it, it's absolutely yep. in Montana. Yeah, they're here. They've got a great distribution for, I mean, the, the indentured servants that I talk about, they they bring them across. They don't have the money to pay these mm. poor uh, uh, Mexican citizens want so much to be have a life. So they become indentured servants to the coyotes, and they have to send money. Well, the coyotes will, when they're about three quarters or seven eighths done paying off their debt, they call immigrations and say, hey, "You got an illegal in there," so they try to get them brought back. It's a renewable cash resource to them. There's there's no honor among that there's there's nothing so it's one problem that deserves some attention there are some smart people and they can think this out and they can come up with an appropriate humane solution but uh, unfortunately some of the cartels when they uh, they ship uh, severed heads back to you as a message that they're serious Mm. I, i think we have to take them serious yeah. I, I don't think that it's something that we're going to uh, just hold hands and sing. Uh, it's got to be met with uh, the appropriate force because that's what they understand. I, I'm not saying go out and shoot them all. That don't, don't, don't do that. But understand they live by no rules. We live by a constitution. That's, that's our restraint, not yours, but mine. And I believe in that. I will do everything within the bounds of that constitution to keep the, my bosses safe. And my bosses have somewhat expanded now that I, I take over as president in May. I'm honored to have that position. There are, there are multiple things going on. I mean, we even have issues on the Canadian border. I think we need to have a conversation with Border Patrol again about what's going on, the drugs that are uh, having the ability to go. I learned through some intel last night that some Mexican uh, immigrants and other uh, Asians are having a difficult time getting through the uh, southern border because they're really they're working on it. So they go to Canada and they walk in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that it's coming here. Yeah. It, it really is. And I think we just need uh, politicians have been talking about it for a long time. Uh, I'm not so good at being a politician. I'm good at uh, taking care of my bosses. Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton with us on Coffee Break. We do have to take a break this morning, give him a chance to drink some more coffee and give Kurt a chance to play some commercials. So we're going to do that, and then we'll be back with more after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. 
In today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break. Sheriff Leo Dutton and I completely not paying attention. Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we were talking uh, before the break about, we were talking during the break, but we were talking <laughs> before the break about the uh, Western State Sheriff's Association. Um, sheriff, you're you going to be president in the in the spring, right? Yes. Yeah, that's coming yeah. up. So you know that that's a big deal for you. It is and a, a big, big deal, deal for Montana. Yeah, it's a great representation for Montana. I pray that it is. I pray that I represent well and that I bring honor to Lewis and Clark County in the state of Montana. I, there's a lot of great sheriffs. There's a lot of uh, great peace officers. And uh, I, I say peace officers, sometimes we have to do things that aren't uh, peaceful, but that's to keep the peace. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we talked uh, before, we got a few things we've got to hit. We've got about, uh, we got less than 10 minutes left. I want to kind of bounce around. We could talk about any one thing for a long time, but I want to be sure we bring up, bring up a couple things. And one of them, the jail, we've talked about it before, but it's now up and running, the newly renovated space. Are you still hiring detention officers we in order to hiring help? hiring detention officers, yes. Okay. So it's not completely open. We still don't have enough people. Funny you should say that. We still don't have enough people to open one of the sections. Okay. So it's not just hiring them. We have to hire them, train them, mm-hmm. and then make sure that they go through a process uh, that they're uh, trained to be able to operate the equipment and trained to be in that area. So safety is a big concern for them and for the facility. So, yeah. So if, you, uh, if you're looking on. for a new job opportunity, yep. detention officer is, uh, is a possibility here in town. They do a great job. Yes, it is. They do a great job. If you've had some felonies, this probably is not going to work for yeah. you. But if you want to get into being a peace officer, it's a great stepping stone. Or if you want to be a detention officer, that's an awesome career as well. There's some people, great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you, you need those extra people, like you said, just because we have extra space now. So you yeah. need more people, more space. But with that increase, it sounds like that means that some of the inmates that uh, were from Lewis and Clark County that we just didn't have room for before, you know, we put them in Gallatin County or Marr County or wherever we put them, that they were we were basically paying their rent at another place, weren't we? We were. We are. How does we're, that work? Because that's a it's a pretty significant expense. It it is. So we're hoped when our detention facility is up and functional that we can bring everybody home so we keep a lot of people at uh, broadwater county uh, sheriff win Meehan has been great uh, to work with and continues to be so we appreciate that relationship but the hope is to bring everybody home so to speak yeah and so we don't have to pay their uh, their room and board as it were uh, yes. elsewhere but it sounds like um, we're gonna have a big enough space maybe we can start doing that for a few other facilities that are a little bit overbooked yeah we're trying to be very uh cautious about that we really if we don't take advantage of the programs that were put into the the levy and the bond that we could be full we could already be full there's Mm. i I hate to mention this but if you're listening and you got a warrant you know what i mean there's over five thousand unserved warrants now just because we did not have the room and we're being 
somewhat reserved with the COVID issue as well. Sure. So we're trying to get them to the judges. Now we have two justice of the peace, uh, peace judges that are going to do a good job. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, you, you do have to walk that line, but hopefully we can get away at the very least from sending out it. I've, I've seen numbers somewhere between a quarter million and half a million dollars coming That's out of true. the general yep. fund We've, to pay for no, this. It's not the general fund. It's coming out of uh, the sheriff's office budget. Okay. Yeah. So we can do other things with that. We can, uh, there's a lot of other things. We could put another deputy in the drug task force. We could put another deputy in the, de- in the detectives to work uh, kid crimes or uh, work crimes against people. We can do a lot of things, even uh, patrol. Yeah, speaking of so patrol. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of patrol, this week is telecommunicators week. Mm-hmm. That means dispatchers that are behind the scenes. When you call and are so uh, emotionally hijacked, and I, I can't blame you, but when you see a traumatic event or are angry and you call, you expect the person to answer that you, I'm calling 911, they're going to help me. So you automatically assume they know what you're talking about. They've been there and you start rattling off, get here, arrest so-and-so. They don't. They have no clue who you are. They don't, we don't monitor people like that. Mm-hmm. So they do an excellent job of trying to calm you down. Uh, even in the even a worst situation, get your name, get your address. What is the problem? Are there any weapons in the house? You know what? Why are we coming there? So they do their best. Now, not all the time is the information given what really is going on, and it's because of that, those excited utterances, and we're used to that. But here's the deal: the dispatchers take information from an emotional person who sees no hope, hears no hope, and feels no hope. They try to give them emotional support, intellectual support, all by phone. Imagine that. Imagine talking to someone. Yeah, all they have is their voice. Yeah. That's exactly it. Now, here's the other hard part. They never hear, unless we go and tell them, which often we don't, they never hear the final outcome. What happened? Where? How did you resolve that? Did someone, you know, on a medical call, did did the person live? they don't know did uh, did what they uh, gave instructions for help did i help you in any way by calming you down by giving cpr instructions over the phone by giving you instructions on how to calmly go out of the house to evacuate i'm getting the fire department there the fire department's coming please please get out of the house they don't see that end results that the firemen might that we might uh, hats off to the firemen but this is telecommunications week, (laughs) Uh, we all have a hub, and that is dispatch. And I want to truly thank them for work that no one says thanks for. Right. Uh, It's a difficult job. It's a rewarding job because you know, you know, had it not been for your ability to take something that they they handled, they handed you a a bunch of yarn, <laughs> and, and you made a ball out of it. You yeah. know, you made something yeah. that we can make, we can work with. Uh, it it's confusing. It's it's emotional. It's you don't get to leave your desk when during this uh, time, you know, big earthquakes. Uh, any of those fires you're you're dispatching multiple multiple agencies even manhunts you're helping us out and they're beautiful yeah and And not just a lifeline for us on on this side of the phone uh, calling them but i mean a a key to 
what it is that you do as well, because they have to simultaneously, like you said, sort of calm us down and get relevant information, but then translate that information to you in a way that allows you to do your job and in many cases keeps you safe as well. Right. And they're they're calling us, and it's the old thing that says if if, uh, the dispatch, does God know where you're at? Or does dispatch, and if dispatch doesn't know where you're at, you hope God knows where you're at. So, <laughs> yeah. So thank, a, th- thanks going out to them, and as you yeah. pointed out, I mean, a, a difficult of you know they just move from tragedy to tragedy yeah. without ever hearing yep. that that finale. So that that's so if tough. You see and, one, or maybe you know it's not like they wear a uniform or anything yeah. like that. But if you uh, know somebody in yeah, your life, yeah, please yeah. say thanks and. Thank those that help keep the radios running as well. Are, are you still hiring for that position? You were. Did you find those we're people? We're 14 now. Okay. And I think we're authorized up to 15. So it is a difficult job. Some people get it and decide, much like detention, uh, like, well, this isn't maybe what I want to do. So uh, uh, the dispatchers are usually taking applications and interviewing. It's a training process. So we'll hope to stay at 14, but life life happens life events and some mm-hmm. need to move on much like the detention and uh, we will be uh, hiring some new people for deputies but we went through the hiring process or going through the hiring process we haven't went through all of the interviews yet so we're uh, going to be replacing some retirees that have well, made it they their, earned it yeah they made it to their 20 years and often people are like well 20 years isn't that long you know like well, it's sort of like dog just, years, right? Yeah, like, yeah. With, with what you just described, from tragedy to tragedy, it is a long time. Yeah. Our law enforcement years, do you have a set? Like, you know, what do they say? Uh, w- one year for us is seven for a dog. That's the equivalent. What it, yeah. is, is it the same for law enforcement years? Well, like, we all say so. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how old are you? Well, I'm three times seven, 21. Yeah, well, I'm about 21 years. Yeah, 21 in sheriff years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like it. Uh, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton is our guest on Coffee Break today, and we've got exactly one minute left, and I, I think probably just enough time to mention the recent fire out in Bird's Eye shows us, I, I guess, don't let your guard down. We, yep. we can we have fire moisture. anytime. We need more moisture, and please, if you light the fire, we're uh, we're going to investigate to see if it was your fault. And if it is, we gotta we gotta write you a thank you note from Lewis and Clark County for doing business. Uh, it's just that way. Yeah. I mean, you think check the weather, uh, check not just the weather. Go out, go out and you know, lick your finger and see which way the wind's coming from. Be just smart. the forecast. Be yeah, smart. You, you gotta be smart yeah. out there. But I think you know you, you're gonna write them a thank you note. But we're gonna send you a thank you note too, Sheriff, because you and your people, uh, all the volunteer firefighters, everybody, yeah. all those first responders, they did. Uh, an outstanding job you know something that could have got out of hand very very easily yep. thank the uh, volunteer fire did not they did a great job they got out there and yeah. they twice at bird's eye or twice or three times those people give up their their work and uh see you gary <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Some, Clark County Sheriff Leo that is, but anyway on coffee break and uh, that's all the time we have we'll see you back here again tomorrow i'm troy shockley and that's it for coffee break today Be sure to check us out on iTunes, head on over, give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.